Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this episode, the Brand Extract team compare and contrast brand marketing and performance marketing. They delve into what brand marketing and performance marketing are, their key differences, and what considerations you should take when choosing one, the other, or both. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome into Solving for B. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes, and today we're going to be discussing brand marketing and performance marketing. What are their differences, their similarities, how they work together, and much more. And to help me break down this topic, I'm joined by CEO, Bo Bodie. What's up, Chris? And Managing Director, Charity and Disengage. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. Thanks for being here today. So I think brand marketing and performance marketing can cause some confusion to folks who aren't in it every day. So let's try to kind of uh, alleviate some of that confusion. And since we're a brand a, a branding agency, let's start with brand marketing. Can either of you tell me what we mean when we say brand marketing? What is it? What are its goals? Why is it important? You yeah. want to take the lead, Charity? Sure. Okay. So brand marketing is really the, it's the process of identifying and developing and promoting a brand's unique identity, right? So that's the stuff that we do almost on a day-to-day basis um, at our agency. It really involves a comprehensive strategy my favorite word, that encompasses like a number of elements that start with your MVV, so your brand's mission, your vision, your values, um, and then includes stuff like your brand personality and key messaging and how you express these elements across all of our marketing channels that we use. Awesome. And I think that the key part to that is that the while there is intent to create value for the brand, the, the goal or objective isn't to drive leads and opportunities that, that, that it tied into other things that needs to be there. But when you talk about brand marketing, it's really more about presence to charity's point to define the personality of the brand, to help people be familiar with it. Um, one of the biggest things, and I've, I've spoken about this in other, in other podcasts was my, my business law professor was awesome. And, and I'm sitting there in my little, you know, my little graphic design brain is sitting there in my MBA class. And he's like, companies sue other companies like their people. They can sue other companies based on their behavior. And and the personification of a company um, is really what you're trying to do in branding. You're trying to personify the ethos of that company, the way they behave, what they think, so that you can make a deeper connection than just the transactional connection that could come from more of a marketing or advertising driven program that's really trying to get eyeballs or get somebody moving towards some sort of action in charities, you know, to, to support what charity is saying, we're trying to create an emotional a- action with the brand marketing to get somebody to start to think about that brand in a certain way and to behave in a certain way at some point where you transition over into more of a performance program, Chris, that you can talk about that kind of gives us that man, how do we get this to drive value, not just perceived value, but actually doing something? Yeah. I like the way that you you said that, Bo. I mean, another way that you can look at it is if ultimately what we try and do is build brand over time. So it's really a long-term engagement and then sales overnight. And that's the distinction between the two. So brand marketing is that brand over time piece that talks about emotional connections and brand identity development. And then your performance marketing is your sales overnight thing. So it's really emphasizing the immediate things, your measurable, trackable marketing tactics, such as um, 
pay-per-click, for instance, with, with PPC, conversions, your return on uh, investment specifically? Yeah. I, I like to think of brand marketing as kind of like the demand generation piece, right? We're trying to we're trying to build brand awareness. We're trying to let folks know who we are, what we do. Um, so that way, whenever we do get into the performance marketing side of things, which we'll talk about here in a second, uh, but when we do get into that, the some of the barriers to buying from us are are, are removed, right? We've yeah. got. You've got kind of the basics covered. Hey, I know this brand. I trust this brand. I believe in this brand. So it's, 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 you know, I, it's that demand gen versus lead gen, which, you know, performance marketing tends toward more to that, to that lead gen side. So with that said, can you guys tell me what, you know, what your thoughts are on performance marketing kind of same, same kind of deal? What, what is it? Why is it important? What are its goals and what are the outcomes? We touched on it a little bit, but can you dive maybe a little bit deeper? Performance marketing is really for those, um, brands that are looking or organizations that are looking for immediate results, right? It's your, it it emphasizes measurable, trackable marketing metrics, right? Um, so tactics that you'd use are your PPC advertising, social media ads, for instance, work really well there, and even affiliate marketing. But like you said, you can't speak about one without the other. They're really they work hand in glove. There's a nice example that you always talk about, Chris, when you're talking about PPC versus brand and how they work together. I was listening to some vid a video that you put together that's on our YouTube channel about if you've got a cold, for instance, or you've, got, or you've got the flu and you want to go and find facial tissue, you don't go and Google facial tissue, which is the immediate thing that you want to buy. You go into Google a brand. So Kleenex would be what you, you Google. But that came from long-term brand building. So you understand the brand itself. But the immediate thing that you buy and you click on your PPC ad or whatever it is that comes up, that's your performance marketing that drives that immediate sale. So they work really hand in hand. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. I I was I was watching TV the other day and I noticed an ad for for a jacuzzi tub. And I always thought a jacuzzi tub was um, was the you know the generic term for it. Now jacuzzi is a brand. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's that is a that is the result of successful brand brand marketing. Right. Like they, it, you've become synonymous with the thing that you offer. I mean, that's probably like the the ultimate goal. Uh, but there's different there's many different variations, I think, of of brand marketing versus performance marketing. You know, Charity, you talked about with performance marketing. Um, I, I like to think of it as. The thing that we're, it's more bottom of the funnel tactic, right? The thing we're trying to do to drive a specific action, not necessarily learning more about us or learning more about the offer or getting us into that consideration phase, which uh, brand marketing is, is more geared toward. But, you know, with, with performance marketing, a lot of times there's an offer, there's a buy now, there's a, hey, 20% off and, and, you know, come see what we have in store and, you know, whatever it might be. So I think, I think you guys have both touched on it. They're, they're definitely both important. And I'm curious if you guys have an opinion and I don't think I'm not, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this, but do you have an opinion about which one is more important uh, and why maybe? That's I never have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have a, it depends response. 
And really, it depends on what the brand's, the, the goal of the organization is. If the goal is, well, two things, the goal of the organization and where they are on the marketing um, scale, you know, are they a new brand? If they're a new brand, then you want to drive awareness, but you also want to drive sales. So it might be an 80-20 split where you're building brand awareness and, and then you're selling as well or driving to a sale conversion at some point. But if you're a more established brand, Kleenex, for instance, your immediate goal might just be to increase uh, sales and market penetration. So it's more so about driving the sale and driving that conversion. And it's in that case is a an 80-20 split the other way. So it really depends on where you are on your organize, in your organizational strategy. Yeah, and I, I think building on that, I would lean toward the brand marketing side of things only because, and I'm not saying that anyone is more valuable than the other, but you can't, you can't specifically market a product's value to me and drive me to action if I have no idea what that brand is. So if, if you're a new brand in the market or you're a brand that's new to a certain market, but I have to have some sort of awareness. Now, I will say that social media is changing that. You know, there are, there are uh, wall, there's a wallet company that I've tried a couple times and I will say their product is not to the level of quality that I'd like it to be for the cost of what it is, but I did not know them and they promoted and I bought without any experiencing of their actual product, right? I mean, because it's a wallet, right? So I, I have in my head what a wallet is. I've been branded and have decided what I want my wallet to be. I want it to be a front pocket. I want it to be whatever. And it had this cool thing where I could add my little Apple AirTag because Heather, the five times a year, I forget my wallet in the hat in the house. Heather reminds me that I always forget my wallet where it is. So I can make it chirp those five times, you know, that, that I don't have to ask, right? So there's some benefit to me about a certain type of wallet, but I don't really have to know the brand. Like if I want to try or I want to, so but but they do in their advertising for someone that has an experience need to introduce the brand and the qualities of the product more than to your point Kleenex I know what Kleenex does I know I'm going to blow my nose into it and that is going to be it or I know what a coke does and I know I'm going to drink it and it's going to make me feel good and bad about myself at the same time but they that they are to charity's point they're performance marketing to us all day but they're also at some point brand marketing to us because they they want to keep relevant. They want to keep that, uh, you know, have a Coke and a smile or, the, you know, I like this, have the world okay. sing, that, that community part of Coke. They want to. And so unlike the unlike the wallet company that wants me to transact with them, they're having to inject brand marketing into their performance marketing. But to 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 learn from you, Chris, and what you brought to our organization they don't want that to get in the way of the transaction, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, long winded way of saying that I think that there's always an essence of brand marketing in it, but it gets smaller and smaller and smaller based on the transactional need of the product. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that, that we had never really, we until the last three, four, five years in COVID, the way people the way it's changed people's ability to transact and our and you, like your team's ability to get data um 
that that was really squishy um and it's becoming more firm to be where you can be purposeful you know i think more than what's important or not it's that purposefulness of what are we trying to get out of this campaign and now we can really be true to that um with a balance of some branding and a lot of transaction or vice versa um and so that's i think a big shift that people's minds have made over the last three years is like man it's on like donkey kong when it comes to getting a product getting someone to drive to action and test a product because they can put such a pretty shiny product up there man i talked a long time about that um but it's fascinating to me you know what you actually introduced something in what you said that's an interesting dynamic that you need to look at as well is how risky is the purchase for the person who's buying it so right. you're willing to shell out a couple of um, dollars to pay for a wallet. Whereas a lot of our clients, our B2B clients, it's multi-million dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars that they, they're wanting to shell out for your product or your service. So that tends to be more of a bigger brand building exercise, yeah, yeah. a transactional, smaller risk um, product. Unless, of course, if it's something that's got like high elasticity demand like cigarettes yeah. you know then people yeah. will shell <laughs> yeah. so i, I right. guess that's another thing to look at how yeah. much and how much of a risk is your product to the end consumer and that'll yeah. help you balance out how much brand versus performance marketing you should be doing Right. Yeah, and I think that I think the the to your point, I, it's related. I think the sales cycle um, will will have an impact on that, and then the the industries in which you operate, um, and and by proxy, it's it is that you know cost, right? If we're if we're dealing with you know um, you know wellheads or something like that, like a big purchase, um, you you know you probably want you know, probably. Probably can't offer twenty percent discount on all your well wellheads, you know. <laughs> on on a twelve pack of Coke, you totally can. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's that little. It, it to your to your point all the way at the beginning of this question, charity. It depends, right? It depends on a, a number of different factors. But I think we can all kind of agree on. I think we all um, feel and believe that both of them are important. Yeah. Um, my thought is that. A reason why they're important, Bo, and I'm I'm going to go back to something you say a lot, and I don't remember the exact verbiage, but you know, branding exists to sell more uh, over you know longer periods of time, shorten sales cycles, you know, higher yeah, prices. Higher prices, right? right. Yeah, um, and you you can you can you know correct me and, and say it more eloquently than I do, but I think brand marketing is a critical component of that. Because again, going back to the transactional piece, if with performance marketing, with paid search, with you know, um, you know, specific specific targeted ads, social media ads, that sort of thing, things we're really trying to drive a specific action. Um, you don't want anything to get in the way of that. With brand marketing, it's a little bit of a slower burn. You're trying to get um, you're trying to get a message across. Um, so, I think the intersection of the two or, or the role that each plays um or let me say it this way each has a critical role to play and i'd be curious to to know if you guys um agree with that or disagree um or you know see it in a different way i mean i would definitely agree with that they both are absolutely critical i think from a brand perspective i mean we've spoken about in in previous conversations about when things are in a downturn the 
organizations, the products that bounce back the fastest are the ones with a strong brand presence. So it's absolutely imperative that you build that brand presence. Yep. But also, I mean, over the years, marketing has has changed significantly. The need for us to prove the invest the the efficacy of our investment in marketing is absolutely key. So more and more, we're looking at that ROI. What are we getting for the return of our investment? So driving sales, driving performance is absolutely critical to what we do. And the growth of our industry, never mind the growth of the organization and meeting organizational goals, it's the growth of our industry too. If we want to remain sustainable, we need to prove the efficacy of the work that we do. So they, it, it's right. critical to work together. I'm I'm glad you mentioned the ROI of 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 all of this, right? Because I think performance marketing is it's a lot easier to 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 show ROI and to get buy-in right. because you know, but brand marketing, you know, we talk about, you know, we we just had the Super Bowl, right? And all these companies spent ungodly amounts of money on on ads that that are, are frankly more brand marketing than performance, right? Where homes.com we're getting when you go to our website we're not asking necessarily to buy something you know like um it's brand building there's the, there's the google pixel ad charity that you showed um earlier today that was really just a sentimental kind of wanted to make you feel something um it's harder to tie roi to those sorts of ads so i think it's important for for anybody who's who's considering you know performance marketing and brand marketing what's the right mix is to understand that if you're going to be investing in brand marketing um, the KPIs should should match the the type of marketing you're doing, right? You right. don't want to judge a brand marketing campaign on um, on sales generated, right? But and I have some ideas. I want to get your guys' thoughts. How might you judge the success of a brand marketing campaign? Well, I think you can. I I think it's hard to go backwards, right? It's hard to it's hard to go from a performance marketing and bubble up into brand value other than price point and premium, right? Size of market or share of market. You know, you start to get into those conversations to say, you know, are we seen as the premium? Like a number of our clients are seen as in their B2B space, the premium partner. And that's determined by market share and perceivable market, right? That's determined by price point compared to their peers. That's determined by margin that they have. That's determined by length of relationship. You know, there are those kinds of things to where you can you can measure them in a in a more linear kind of mind. That would be esoteric measurement as opposed to how many leads do we drive, how many transactions they had, how quick quickly did they buy, what was the volume, and what was the margin, right? Mm-hmm. All those things start to work in tandem. I would propose that as the world has gotten smaller and as people, you know, my, that that Marty Newmeyer brand gap definition, you know, brands, the purpose of a brand is to drive more people to buy more things at higher prices for longer periods of time. In the, in the MBA and the classes that I, I teach and, and work on, the question more than ever has become to what purpose, right? There, There is a more of a sentiment of belonging that people have. There's more of a, a desire 
for for people to work with brands that have an emotional kind of tie or they're good for the environment or they're doing something good in the community that is squishier than that that initial piece that starts to make brand promise and presence even an even more important part of the transactional performance branding you know mm -hmm. where where i think usability five, seven years ago would have been product, button, get everything else out of the way. There still needs that, that general kind of positive sentiment about the brand is becoming more and more important in the actual transaction, right? Is if everything's a commodity and to your point, Charity, about price or, and you want to take the risk out of the purchase which is a price component, part of the risk is less than before the emotional part of the purchase. I think that that's changing for people. I think that 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 while it's every, almost everything seems to be 50 or $100 now, you know, that would have been a risky purchase for me five years ago. It's not nearly as risky if there's some trust that I have in that brand on top of the quality, you know, my, my expectation of quality or those kinds of things. So I, I think there's a, there's something changing in the consumer um, that that's beyond just price and performance yeah. um, that, that pulls that brand marketing more into the, the overall transaction than it had been before. Price still matters, right? It's still a big, one of the big P's, right? So you got to get that right. But if it's right ish and I feel better about the brand or the company that I'm transacting with, and especially if there's some promise of quality, because I can't tell you how many times I've bought from a company, the quality was outstanding, but over time the quality diminishes, but the price point doesn't, that's starting to happen more and more too. And I think those are all kind of affecting brands. I, I might've gone far afield of the initial conversation, but but I think there's just kind of a muddled way that all this stuff is working together now that's a little different. And so when you get to the kind of measurement of brand and measurement of product, I think those are starting, because you have so much access to data, we're starting to be able to see the overlap of those things more and more um, that, that make everything a little bit more quantifiable. And Another thing with um, brand marketing is that you you might not be able to measure return on investment, but you can measure you can measure return on marketing investment, yeah. which is really looking at what's the overall revenue from these products or right. whatever we're selling versus our overall marketing investment. Uh, what did it cost to actually put these activities together, and then look at it that way. But there are the few things that we we do do. I mean, we always encourage clients to look at brand equity studies. That's a nice scientific way of doing it. So looking at brand equity studies allows you to see the value of your brand based on the activities that you put together. Then, of course, there are things like brand saliency or brand awareness that Bo that touched on, uh, which is absolutely key to uh, ensuring that when customers think of think of you or think of a product or a service, you're within their top three brands yeah. that they um, yeah. Then you can do other things like customer perception or attitudinal studies as well. That allows you to look at that. And then brand loyalty. One thing that we don't tend to talk about is also how people, measuring how people engage with your brand. And you can do that quite easily when you look at digital engagement. Mm -hmm. People don't engage 
with sales topics, they engage with brands. So brands that are really clear on what their brand pillars are and stick to their brand pillars and take advantage of conversations where they can either set the tone around what those pillars are, whether it is for it, which is why things like brands with um, purpose really comes in and why it's important to have brands with purpose that actually stand for yeah. something beyond just the product. That digital engagement is a real measure of how customers see and perceive your brand and what your brand stands for. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things that, you know, I always look for and, and for the, uh, for the, the folks among us that have, shorter attention spans like myself um you know you want to see that roi and if you're in digital marketing i think it, it, it's it's a common thing where you want to see those immediate results you want to see hey i've been running this for 30 days what have i gotten um if you're running a brand marketing campaign it's it's important to have a little bit of patience but one of the one of the things that i think i i do look to is like cost per acquisition of client right over over the course of time right. um in theory, and then of course, like shortened sales cycles and that sort of thing. Over time, um, you know, you can't can't do it. Hey, it's been thirty days. What have we done? But over the course of a year or the course of a couple of years, if you look at it, and you've really been investing in your brand, you've been investing in brand marketing um, as well as performance marketing, kind of side by side, and you're noticing that your sales cycles are shorter, or you're noticing that your cost per acquisition has gone down. Yep. You, that's a that's a very good indicator that your brand marketing is working. Um, mm -hmm. And and it it allows you to quantify something that might be a little less quantifiable than hey we drove X amount of sales from this particular right. ad right yeah. um so it it requires patience I guess is what I'm trying to say so. mm -hmm. yeah I and mean, that's what we I mean we always especially if a a brand is not known in a significant way like mm -hmm. you may be known to your customer base you may be known to a certain set. But if you're a commoditized brand that's trying to sell to a larger, there is a little bit of introduction that has to happen. And, you you know, we had this, we're at that point with one of our clients at the six month point, And we told them very clearly at the beginning, let's be, once you get in market, it's going to take at least six months for us to see what is happening because you've never been in market this way before, right? Mm -hmm. There is that, there is that realistic component to this that you're learning and testing and learning and testing but when we talk about this when we're talking about branding um, startups it's hard for you to brand a startup effectively because you don't know what the customer's response to the product is no matter how many times you've you've done a focus group or you've walked through something until they have to actually pay money and choose to purchase you know, you really don't know, right? And so you have your ideas, you have your hypothesis, you know, but you have to be really clear about, hey, look, or if the brand is wildly known in the market and they have data, they just want to improve on it. That's a different story um, than a than a brand that isn't known. And I think that, again, back to that component of risk, price is a risk and unknown is a risk. You know, and how do you mitigate those in the mind of the consumer on top of the other 5,000? Should I buy this or this? They both look the same. Why should I do that? You know, any of that kind of stuff. Or like we see charity, like you're talking about the size of some of the purchases. You know, in some cases, we're providing alternatives like uh, oil field waste removal. 
it's a small percentage of the over like it is almost a riskless small percentage but the client doesn't want to upset the apple cart you know by doing something different even though it's not it's an important part of the drilling of a site but it's not financially that big you know and so while while it might not be a 50 dollar wallet in the in the overall scheme of my $200 clothing ensemble, <laughs> you know, it's still a tiny part of, you know, that, that overall thing. And so you, you kind of taking all that into consideration, Chris, you know, as, as you're looking at data and value and, and all those kinds of things, you know, it's just like the, understanding the customer's desire, understanding the impact and understanding the risk or perceived risk is another big part of that as you're kind of considering your mix uh, over time um, and what you're trying to do with that, which is either build awareness and then build awareness for what, and then drive to action at some point. I think it's also important to consider where your brand currently is or is not. Right. Um, Especially in relation to your industry. Right. Um, I think a brand, it's a consumer brand, but um, I think they've done a, a, fairly good job in a, a, a short amount of time. Um, and I don't, I don't use their product, but I've just noticed them very, you know, they've really been investing in their brand is this uh, starry. I don't know if you guys have heard of, of star, <laughs> yeah. which is like the competitor to like Sprite and seven up. And, and I'm starting to see some others in like the soda space. That's the one that used to be squirt, right? Was that squirt? Is that what, I, I don't even know where it came. Maybe that's where it came from, but for me, it stood out because, I mean, we, you talked about Coke earlier, Bo, like some of these brands that have like a really strong foothold in a market, right? Um, I think this this Starry brand probably understood like, hey, look, we really, because we are dealing with these 8,000 pound gorillas incumbents, we're going to have to invest in brand to compete and drive the, the ultimately drive the business that we want to drive. It's not going to be, let's just go let's just go out there and invest a ton in performance marketing. Yes. Let's invest in performance marketing, but let's also invest in brand marketing. So that way um, we at minimum look like we belong next to the sprites and the seven ups and that sort of thing. So I think considering where you are and who you're playing against um, is also kind of a a factor in determining, um, you know, what the right mix is for you. For sure. It was Sierra mist. It's it's Pepsi's alternative gotcha so sierra mist gotcha. yeah that i think the two things build a brand money or time it is obvious that they are putting the money behind yeah. this brand especially when you look at the all-star game and the whole yeah. floor changing with the <laughs> crazy oh, sorry all-star basketball nba all-star basketball game i was like wow Starry's really leaning into this pepsico is really leaning into this brand for it yeah, I'm definitely going for it. So, okay. Um, so we're getting toward the end here. So um, let's say someone out there has, you know, is listening to this episode and they're trying to figure out kind of what makes sense for their brand. You know, how much to invest? Should I invest in brand marketing? Should I invest in performance marketing? If so, how do I determine what's right for me? Um, we talked about it a little bit throughout the episode, but I want to kind of leave folks with maybe a couple tips, a couple pieces of advice. Um what do you guys think in terms of if you're if if someone's out there trying to figure this out? Um, what are some just some considerations 
you know, think questions maybe to ask or ask themselves on um, whether or not they should be investing in performance marketing, brand marketing, both, how much of both, what, what would you kind of, what are maybe some tips or steps you might take? Yeah, I mean, I think the two, I think in my mind, two things to be considering. One, how well known is my brand to whatever market or area or industry? Um, if if I am super well known, you know, my my performance marketing is probably turning up more than my brand marketing. I wouldn't give it a percentage because it kind of depends on, on what you're doing. Um, and then the second tip, um, I think would be don't don't get too enamored with either um, because all all brand marketing will not lead to opportunity. I, I, it, it can happen into opportunity, but it's not going to lead. And so I think I think in today's world, the ability to tie those two together and then watch data and information and be able to make the flip. You know, so I'm known, I'm known, I'm known. Now eyeballs are there and then flipping, I think are two things. So again, maybe a third tip is, you know, be data driven, tie your Salesforce to your HubSpot, put your stuff together, look at how it's working, get the right list of people in there, see what their activity is, not just hits, clicks and leads because eyeballs is a part, part of this, impressions is a part of it, but like really work to tie those things together. Yeah. And to that point, Bo, it can be those, those metrics, those, you know, I hate to call them vanity metrics, but some, sometimes they can be very much vanity metrics and they can distract, right? We drove a thousand impressions or 10,000 impressions or millions of impressions. Like, okay, well, what did that, end? do I know? To what quality to what audience, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's going to, it's becoming a lot harder to understand who that audience actually is that's right. doing it of privacy laws and that sort of thing so anyway thank you Bo. uh charity do you have any any tips or advice for the good folks out there i'm biased i would definitely say do both right you have to do both again the measure is how do you balance it so brand marketing really stay sets that stage by building that strong foundation and emotional connection whereas performance marketing capitalizes on that foundation but at the end of the day i think you need to really um bed all of your marketing activities based on what your organizational goals are. That's what marketing exists to do. It exists to grow business, right? Mm -hmm. And support organizational goals. So depending on what your organizational goals are for the year, that's where you need to focus. If the focus is on driving and increasing sales, then performance marketing needs to be needs to outweigh your brand marketing, but still ensure that you have brand marketing. Right, because it'll ultimately ensure that especially in the long term that like the things we talked about right your sales cycles are going to shrink your cost per acquisition is going to go down you're going to be more efficient as an organization um, or as a, as a sales organization so um anyway great great stuff guys i appreciate it um i think that that does it for today i appreciate the time and the insight and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time thanks chris this was fun awesome thanks, thanks. chris i guess That's it for another edition of Solving for B. Did you enjoy the episode? Then check out more content on all things branding and marketing by visiting brandextract.com. Be sure to also follow us on our social channels like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and even Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to Solving for B.